2: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello,
0: and welcome to the Whispering Woods Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is episode number 20. This episode is all about terror in the woods. Yes, it is. I've got five true scary stories today to share. There's no introduction, as we don't really need one. It's just about the stories. But before that, I want to give a little bit of information that was provided to me. On our Skinwalker episode... Uh, We were contacted by an ordained reverend in a humble shamanic tradition who gave us the information that it's incorrect to describe those entities as skinwalkers. They are, in fact, shapeshifters. He goes on to say that basically it's been misinterpreted and skinwalkers were, in fact, hunters. So just so I get this right, I'm going to actually read from his comments. So first, the skinwalker was a brave hunter who donned the pelts of buffalo, elk and such. He then went among the herd, mimicking perfectly their behaviour. At the right moment, he would cast off his pelt, startling the herd in the direction of those who waited to harvest them. The best of these were said to become the animals they hunted. A shapeshifter, now called a skinwalker, was a practitioner of black magic who hated other people and indeed creation. Slowly over time, and with much darkness applied, he became nothing but darkness. These creatures, practising their broharia, can become anything. Broharia being dark magic. They can stand by a tree and become part of it. Might be stones in the road, might not. Might be a hitchhiker, maybe not. They feed on fear and love it. Since there was light, there has always been darkness. Since there have been shaman, there have been the black mirror of him, the witch. He's given us some other information that I'll share over the next few shows, including his own encounter with La Larona. Um... Yeah, and information about this belief system, because I think it's so interesting. Um, and we really, really appreciate his knowledge from a new friend of the show. So we hope you enjoyed this over the next couple of weeks. He's also been trying to teach me Mexican Spanish, and I'm doing okay, considering. Uh, <laughs> he may say different. But yeah, I just want to say a big thank you. You are fabulous. Also, I didn't share this information last week, so it probably sounded a bit blunt, actually, um, because I wanted to check with him, first of all, that it was all right to share his words before putting them on the podcast. Right. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. I'm 14 and this happened to my friends and I about 3 or 4 years ago. It was my friend, who I'll call Anna's birthday, so she had invited me and our other friend, who I'll call Sandy, to go out to our school's park and hang out. Now you should know that our whole school is on top of huge sewer pipes and surrounded by woods. We were goofing off at the edge of the woods when we found a trail we'd never seen before. And being the troublemakers we were, and still are, we decided to go see where it led to. Sandy led the way, being as she was the most reckless of the three. Anna and I took it slower, on the other hand, because we didn't know what we would find, where it would lead to, or what would happen. After what was about five minutes of walking, the path came to a small bend. We went around to see a small stream which had about a foot above it one of the old pipe openings it was open tall and wide enough where we could fully stand up in it I remember things the older kids would tell Anna and I on the bus about these pipes the one that scared me the most was about the pipe man the pipe man was said to live in the pipe and any time he got hungry he would go and kidnap little girls assault them kill them and eat them then he would bring what was left of them to some of the train tracks running through town so of course me being the scared little thing I was at that age I got really uneasy Sandy and Anna though they wanted to see what was down there in the pipeline and kept trying to convince me until they eventually did we went maybe three or four feet in but it got too dark and we couldn't see the smell it smelled so bad in there that we were gagging and had to get out naturally being Anna's birthday Sandy and I were sleeping over her house at this time we were all curious about what was in the pipe so as we left the front of the trail Anna took off her hat and put it in front of the trail we had planned on coming back in the morning prepared this time her mum agreed to letting us go back. Another fact about these woods is they wrap around and lead to the old state school cemetery. So that made everything creepier, knowing that there could be more bodies hidden in the pipe, that there was no room to bury. The next morning, when we go to the park and went to find where Anna had left her hat, it was gone, so we put it off with some jerky-ass kids taking it. We still found the trail, of course, and couldn't hold our excitement or fear as we approached the bend. Putting on face masks so we couldn't smell the horrible smell, turning on our flashlights, we entered. We walked pretty far down the pipe before things got weird. We could no longer see where we came in, and we were finding what we assumed to be animal bones. Although Anna and I also kept the thought of the pipe man. Sandy, of course, the leader, walked about 15 more feet ahead before stopping and screaming. Anna and I, of course, had never heard her scream like that before and ran up to her. We looked at what she was pointing at and couldn't believe our eyes. It was Anna's hat. Her hat was way down in the pipeline, covered in red liquid We ran out of there faster than we have ever moved before, leaving her hat behind. We made it out of the pipe, panting and gasping for breath. Never have I ever been so scared. But the story doesn't end there. Before we even started backing up the trail, we heard a branch snap behind us. I was the one to turn around to see a tall man who was very dirty looking and had very messy hair. We ran again all the way up the trail. As far as we knew, our worst fear had come true. The pipe man was real. We could have been his next meal, but we were lucky enough to make it out alive, except for some scratches here and there from running into branches. Sandy, Anna and I have never told anyone about this and we will all probably deny it if asked about it. The park has since been torn down, but the trail remains. None of us will go down there ever again. So, Pipe Man. Mm. That's the kind of thing you'd do, wouldn't you? Go and investigate, see if you can find it, the monster in the pipe. Yeah. Me too. More so at your age. Mm. I would have loved it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to have to look and see if there are any really sort of local folk stories. Mm. I'm saying that because we've lived here back 12 years. I don't know, you know, around where I'm from, I know the folklore, you know, the local stuff, the stuff that we used to do, the stuff that was haunted. I really don't know an awful lot about this village. So I think we should try and investigate and see if there's anything going on yeah yeah i do know well i was told by hi- an historian that you know the what's it called the roundhouse up there the observatory yeah the observatory i heard by a local historian when i was still on the bus stop mm. and we were having a chat that apparently alistair crowley stayed in the observatory at mm. some point. Now you probably don't know who Alistair Crowley is, nope. but he was a re- he was an occultist and some of his stuff was really quite dark, mm. messing with magic. So we will do an episode on him because it's it's really interesting and some freaky stuff really went on. But the observatory, can I just tell you this as well? When you were little, mm. we were doing a ghost hunt just around the area. Yeah. And um I didn't realise that the observatory was a private house, mm. right? So I made your dad drive in there yeah, <laughs> through the big gates and there's a balcony that overlooks the land yep. and someone came out onto the balcony and was watching us and it was really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> we just went round their big roundabout and then headed <laughs> back through the gates. With me giggling, amazing. She must have been, I don't know, back 11, 12. In the back, completely embarrassed. <laughs> okay, are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. Let's start this with a little backstory. I live in a really small town in Finland. Roughly 300 people live in our town. Mostly workers of a nearby factory and elderly people. In summertime, our town is busy from tourists and other travellers. But this story happened in wintertime. And in winter, our town is a total ghost town. I work in our town's pub as a bartender. And despite the quiet winters, we keep the pub open for people to have a place to spend time and not to get lonely. It was a normal Friday, quiet and cold. I had a couple of local customers playing some tunes on the jukebox and getting hammered while I was keeping the fire burning in the fireplace. Winter had just started and we were discussing when it would start to get really snowy. The night went well and not so surprisingly, about an hour before closing, it started to snow heavily. I closed the pub normally. And after, I got the place cleaned up and started on some paperwork. Our pub closes at 2am, and it was around 3 o'clock then. And I heard some really loud banging coming from our pub staff door. It's like someone had a death or life emergency banging. And I went beast mode right away. I didn't know what or who it was. I went closer to the door when I heard a man's voice. Please help me open the door is there someone and I remember that I did some fast thinking of who it could be it could be a trick to get me to open the door so someone could rob our pub since we live far away from anything but still it could be someone in real danger like being chased by a bear or a wild boar I decided to take my trusty baseball bat that I keep behind the bar counter all the time and went to open the door the man literally rushed through me inside to the bar, and the first thing that I do is close the door behind him. I don't want anyone else to come in. I recognise the man as one of the locals. He never comes to our bar, but I know that he has a really bad alcohol problem. I notice that he doesn't have shoes, gloves or a hat, just normal clothing that you wear at home, and it's freezing. It's freezing. He starts to speak so fast that I don't understand anything, and I told him to slow down. He then tells me, Rubber faces, rubber faces, they are chasing me, please help me. Of course, I think that the guy is just drunk as hell, but still, something in the man's eyes tells me that he's really scared for his life, and it gives me the creeps. I can't see outside very well, it's still snowing heavily and it's dark as anything, and we don't have streetlights. I try to look from every window, but I can't see anything. I know a woman that is a very good friend of this poor guy, and decide to try calling her. She answers, and I tell her that I am sorry to call it at this time of night, but her friend is pretty messed up at a bar right now, and could she come and pick him up? She tells me that she'll just grab her coat and come, it won't take long because she lives just next to the pub. The guy still keeps pacing front to back in the chair and mumbling about the rubber faces and how they will hunt him down when the woman comes to pick him up. She tells me that the guy has pretty strong medication and it's just probably that he's not taking his meds. She takes the guy to her place for the night since it's safer that way and it's a shorter way for her. I'm happy that it's over now. I've finished the paperwork and get ready to go home. I'm still thinking about this guy and the rubber faces, and it makes me pretty nervous because the apartments where the guy lives is nearby my house. I decide to take the bat and flashlight with me because it's still dark as hell. When I get to the road next to our pub, I'm watching my surroundings very closely because it's deep forest on both sides then it happens I notice the footprints in the snow my heart skips a beat and I panic there are ones that lead to our pub and there are three distorted pairs of footprints that look like they've been following the first ones then I hear a loud sound of a branch snapping from the forest nearby and start to run like the wind I haven't run so fast in a long time this story still scares me I still don't know what those footprints meant and what was lurking in the forest. But I know that everything wasn't right that night and I'm happy that I've never met things that made the last three pairs of footprints.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online.
0: That's pretty scary. I wonder what the rubber faces were, you know? So it sounds a bit like people in masks dressed up hiding in the woods, do you think? Yeah, maybe. Rubber faces. Course, I wonder what, what else it could have been described in that way, you know? Mm. Maybe, maybe it's like people with melting faces. Who knows? But yep. whatever it was, I don't want to run into it. Ever. Yep. What about you? Me neither. Are you ready for the third story? Yes, I am. Okay, so I don't really know how to start this story off, but it just happened like an hour ago and I'm still spooked. So a bit of a preface. Me and my friend are home alone right now and have been for hours. Every time he comes over, we go to the woods by my house and it's normally uneventful with some throwing rocks and breaking trees and stuff. Harmless fun. But this time, something else happened. Like I said, we're home alone and have been for a while. And when this happened, we were obviously home alone. We went outside to go to the woods and the trip there was uneventful. But once we got there, something was off. Everything was dark. Tons of trees had been knocked down and the entire place was not like I'd remember it being. We kept going in, still having our usual harmless fun and at one point my friend turned to me and said we should go back. I looked at my phone and decided it had only been 30 minutes and so we might as well stay longer because it'll be a few hours until anyone would want us to be home. We continued on finding a few strange things, like an old crushed mountain dew can, probably 10 to 20 years old, and a toy boat which had been completely destroyed by the wind and water and other things, and was probably even older than the cam. Our plan was to go further than I'd ever been to the woods, which isn't very hard for us, because I've barely been that deep. After walking for a while, we came to a landmark that I knew of, that marked about the deepest I've ever been. A while ago, when I was going in, I came upon a bridge built on a log that fell over a river in the middle of the woods. However, one thing was different. There was something sitting on top of it. Whatever was on it was small and resembled the head of an animal. When we got closer and got a good view of it, it was a deer skull, pearly white and clean. Sitting on the bridge with no clue as to who put it there and where the rest of it was. Behind the river, there was a huge hill with a creepy small house on it. And while we were looking around, I heard a creak or some other high pitched noise from up towards it. Freaked out, we began to run. And from behind me, I hear my friend scream and I hear him running behind me. We both keep running. And once we reached the edge of the woods, we step onto the road. I asked him why he was screaming, and he said he heard footsteps next to him. We quickly made our way home, and when we got there, the garage door was open. Not knowing if it was us that left it open or not, we ran inside, locking the door, checking the house, and turning the alarm on. Now we're sitting here. And by the time I finish this, it's nearly two hours since. And I still can't shake the fear of that eerie woods from me.
1: Oh well, that I've been chased before. It's scary, isn't it? What what happened to you? Well, right, me and my mate was walking out of the path. Mm -hmm. And we kept walking and we turned around us. We realized that they like there's this man. Yeah. And he's like in a he's like in a long green coat and he had long quite long hair, I think. Yeah. He was just walking behind us. So we thought really nothing of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until we got like out a bit of sight where he couldn't see us. Yeah. Because we were like younger, we was getting scared, innit? it? So we just ran. We jumped we we jumped over that on the fence and then we we ran and we jumped through another fence and then we we was walking and then we see we see him come back up like looking around and he saw us and he starts running towards us right so I slid under a gate I think yeah and then we me and my mm,
0: that's pretty creepy
1: yep maybe he just dropped something he <laughs> probably was
0: trying know. to give you it back <laughs> <laughs> I know another time you were scared as well what when uh, Maisie took you and George over the woods Mm. This is another time. Sorry that you were chased, not scared, but you were scared as well. Um, and you all came back thundering into the house. Oh, and what happened was you were up there nicking golf balls.
1: <laughs> <Can you remember? laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I just remember that now. I actually remember that.
0: Yeah. And the yeah. golfers were chasing you. <laughs> to get their balls back. <laughs> <laughs> i will learn, yeah? <laughs> right. Are you ready for the fourth story? Yes, ma'am. I guess I'll start with a bit of background. I'm a 33-year-old female, but this story takes place when I was a teenager living in a suburb of Chicago. The village I lived in was quiet and middle class, We lived like a mile from the police station, and the worst crimes we had were a murder or two and robbery once in a blue moon. 99% of the time? Boring and more boring. Unless you had a car, you were stuck just walking around the park at night with your friends. Even more boring. Anyway, one night my girlfriend and I decided to go hang out at a park with some guys at like 12am. The night was a bit windy and had a full moon. I even got a kiss that night from the boy I liked. But the night wasn't just fun and hanging out late. There's a deep forest in the park with a stream and a playground right next to it. There's two bridges, one of wood, the one that everyone uses, and one bridge made of rocks that's rarely used because it's deeper in the forest. I'll get to the rock bridge in a minute. We hung around on swings and chatted and just spent the evening together. I'm sitting and just looking around, talking and enjoying the peace and quiet and the moonlight. I have a full view of the forest and the dip of the earth that I know leads to the stream. I see something moving over that dip of earth, some dark shape. It looked like it was crawling out of the forest. An arm, then another arm. It pulls itself out of the ditch. A figure darker than the surrounding forest. And I'm sitting there, frozen. I think I'm seeing things. It just kind of lays there on the ground, but doesn't move. A flash of fear grips me. What if it comes this way? I look to my friends and no one notices anything. I look back again and it's gone. Did it go back or go somewhere? I really want to get out of there. Then one friend asks, Did you guys hear about the urban legend of the rock bridge over the stream? Apparently, some kids or something played on the bridge and fell over and died. What a thing to say after what I saw. I didn't ask anyone anything and just pretended I hadn't seen anything. But the experience stuck with me. I never talked about it because it must have been my imagination. Things like that happen only in scary movies, right? But I rarely went back to that park after that. Sounds like a creeper or something. Yeah. You know, like a crawler type thing. I'm going to have to do some more investigating and find out exactly what it is. It could also be like, the children crawling out you know the dead children
1: yeah yeah probably
0: right are you ready for the fifth and final story yes i am this happened when i was 11 years old i'm now 13 and still remember clear as day i basically lived in the middle of nowhere so i didn't have many friends There was a huge forest, that's where I'd play. One day, I went to go and play in the forest. It was about 6.30, so it was kind of dark. Now let me mention, I lived in Wisconsin at the time. I went deep into the forest, and everything was good, until seven rolled around. Now I was used to hearing weird noises in the woods, but nothing like this. I heard this awful scream... Not human-like either. It was like a demon. It scared me. I was a curious little girl, so of course I went to investigate. I got about maybe half a mile in when I saw this non-human-like creature perched in a tree. Now instead of running for my life, I froze in shock and fear. And before I knew it, that thing, that awful smelly thing, was right behind me. I just wanted to scream for help, I didn't know what that creature could do to me, so I stood there like a rock, hoping it would just leave. It screamed again, but even worse than the first time, and I felt like I was going to go death. Eventually, after minutes of that thing staring at me, it flew, and I mean flew, up to its tree. I stood there, looking at it, for what felt like hours, Now I was going to whoop out my phone and try to blind it with the flash so I could make a run for it, and that's what I did. Now did I mention I was a little chubby for my age, so I couldn't run so fast, and that sucked because that creature jumped and ran after me through those woods. I felt the world spinning around me as I screamed for help, and that thing caught up with me eventually and I felt like my life was over. I made a dash for the bushes hoping to be able to hide in one which I did now I waited for at least half an hour thinking it was gone so I dashed to the back door hoping that thing wasn't behind me instead it was perched on our air conditioner I told my parents that very night and they called me crazy I know what I saw and I'm never going in those woods again monsters are real and I don't know what that creature was, but who knows what it would have done if it got its hands on me. Sounds like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well actually I was thinking more about it like a, a mothman yeah, type that's of what thing. I was yeah. About. I I don't necessarily think it meant her harm though. Because I just think I know she hid, but I think it would have got her anyway. Mm. you know because she was just stood there in shock so I think you know it had the opportunity to pounce didn't it really yeah. plenty but maybe it was just like warning her off
1: yeah mm?
0: Yeah. or he actually because the story doesn't say
1: yeah. um, that's what I think okay well that brings us to the end of this episode I hope you liked it and please tune in for next week
0: yeah. And also, if you can take the time to go and leave us a review or, you know, rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts, that would be exceptional. Um, the reason that we ask you to do this is so that other people seeing it will be tempted to, to come and have a listen. So it helps us and it helps us build the show because we, we do want to start making the episodes a bit longer. And include more things eventually. Um, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on it's uh, Instagram is the Whispering Woods Podcast, Twitter it's the Wisp Woods, Facebook the Whispering Woods Scary Podcast, and I think that's about it. Obviously, you know, if you go to the Instagram or our website, which is the thewhisperingwoodspodcast.com, We've got all the links on there anyway, so you can take a look. And we will put them in the show notes
2: too. Okay, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.